Damage Daily Digital Dollop Dollop 338 from another toilet, this time in Selby, Yorkshire. And this is the sound of a McDonald's. I very rarely go to McDonald's, but we were in a service station on a Sunday and McDonald's is one of the only things that were open, so we ended up going to McDonald's. And I've said this before on a previous dollop, I'm just astounded every single time I go into McDonald's by the, the sounds, the ambiance of the place. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have thought the word ambiance would really be connected with McDonald's, really. McDonald's ambiance. It's a, re- a lovely relaxing soundscape, isn't it? Uh, that you could, I mean, a lot of people think, just shut up, David, let's just hear this McDonald's ambiance. That's what we really want to hear right now. I could happily fall asleep to the sounds of McDonald's ambiance. Maybe I should um, release this as a separate thing, you know, as a, as a special dollop extra. Eight hours of McDonald's ambiance, the soothing sounds of McDonald's there. But it's, it's ridiculous, just the amount of beeping that goes on. Everything beeps, obviously the till beeps. You've got the things where the burgers are cooking, they beep, the chips thing, that beeps. It's just a continuous cacophony of beeps. I think there are more beeping sounds in McDonald's than there are in an intensive care unit. And I think the reason why there are so many beeps maybe is to acclimatise the diner's ears to all the beeping that will be happening in the intensive care ward that they'll probably end up in as a result of eating all these crap burgers. There's probably one beep that instructs the uh, person putting the salt on the chips to put more salt on. It's like a beep, no, oh, you're putting enough salt on there, mate. What's going on with the amount of salt in uh, McDonald's as well? They don't even ask you if you want salt. It's just assumed that you do want salt. And I, I would happily not have salt on the chips. But you don't get asked. But it's ridiculous, and I don't really eat that much salt, so I have to scrape it all off. I suppose you could argue it gives me more value for money, because I kind of get a chip, I get to eat the chip, and I also get a free exfoliation session as well. I'm sort of exfoliating my skin, it's kind of like half chip, half pummy stone. There's no pretense about the fact that you are meant to enjoy the experience, really. There's this facade of enjoyment, but you're not there to enjoy it. It's fast food. It's clearly you're not there to enjoy it because, you know, you go into a restaurant and they've got nice music and they've got nice lighting and that kind of thing. You go into McDonald's and it's just this harsh, you know, shouting people. Burger over here, mate! Burger over there! You know, just shouting out the orders, constant beeps going on, someone just throwing salt over the chips with a complete abandon. I've been a right capitalist today. We um, went to a service station this morning and uh, went to a Starbucks. And uh, it was quite early in the morning and there was only me and another person in there who'd already got their coffee. And I walk in and I make my order. I ask for a cup of tea. It's probably frowned upon in Starbucks. Can I have a cup of tea, please? Oh, well, we're going to ask you a, a list of questions about what kind of, what kind of size you would like. And we're going to give you, you know, like grande and that kind of thing. We can't, can I just have a medium? No, no, you've got to, you can have a grande, a mucho grande. Just give me like a mug. Imagine you were at home, just give me like a mug of tea. Then the woman said to me, I think she's kind of a bit robotic, because I heard her say to the other person, have a nice day, 
in the kind of very clinical robotic where she's just going about a job and you can't blame her she's just going about a job the whole thing is just regimented but bearing in mind there's only me ordering there's nobody else around she says can I take a name please I said what and she said we need a name for the order so we can call your name out when it's ready I thought how long is it going to take I mean there's nobody else here so I gave her my name and I waited there for about a minute and then she went David and I'm like yeah I'm stood here yes and then just took the uh, the mug of tea my uh, grande tea, I think it was called, which is apparently is the equivalent of a medium. And then you've got Subway, of course. Subway with its, um, where the people who are employed to make your sandwiches are called sandwich artists and have to wear a uniform which uh, has sandwich artist emblazoned on it. Uh, which is kind of, I think, a little bit embarrassing for the person working there. I mean, does anyone really take pride in being a sandwich artist? I mean, you know, I mean, if you if you work in Subway, you're probably just doing it to kind of, you know, you're probably not, it's not your career aspiration, uh, I would imagine. You're not planning on staying there for years. You know, you haven't had to have a degree in uh, in doing this. You haven't had to work towards it. So it just seems a little bit odd that they call them sandwich artists and then make them wear a uniform that says that. It's kind of just a, a recipe for embarrassment, really. I think that's a bit odd. But I also think it's a bit odd calling them sandwich artists, when bearing in mind that the whole point of Subway, the whole idea of Subway, is that the uh, person making a sandwich has very little input into the actual sandwich creation process whatsoever. Because, you know, you go into a normal sandwich shop, and you ask for a chicken salad sandwich, and they might ask you a few questions, but they will generally decide how much they'll put on uh, and that kind of thing. You know, you'll be asked a few questions. Not in Subway, they want to know absolutely everything. They want to know the type of bread. They want to know, what you, obviously, what filling you want in, what salad you want in. Do you want it toasted or do you want it cold? Do you want cheese on it? Which kind of cheese do you want on it? Then you've got to select your, your own sauce and that kind of thing. The amount of questions that you get asked in Subway. And there's been times in Subway, because I'm a bit indecisive, and I'll just say, oh, I don't, I don't really know. I'll have a, like, I'll get a veggie patty or whatever. And they say, what bread? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, just choose me a bread. And they start reading the list out. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, just, just choose me one, surprise me. And they can't handle it. I ask, they ask me what sauce I want, and often they'll say, surprise me. And sometimes you get people who live up to the name Sandwich Artist. You know, they'll, they'll take the challenge on board. And they'll go, oh, well, well, yeah, we'll give you this one then. But some of them just can't handle it. They're like, oh, well, do you want this? Do you want this? And I'm like, well, just surprise me. They, they can't handle it. I have to make a decision on their behalf. And I think maybe there should be a tier system. There should be almost like a, an inspection that goes on where the sandwich artists are the ones who are able to make these decisions, who are able to create the sandwich on their own means, on their own terms. They don't need constant interference and guidance from the person who is asking for the sandwich. If I went to see an actual artist and I wanted them to paint me a picture, I might give them an idea of what I want, but they wouldn't say, oh, well, can you just sit with me and tell me where to move my brush? You know, that's not what an artist is. So I think there should be degrees. There should be um, levels. There should be a structure. There should be levels of competency. You should have your sandwich artists. As I say, they're the people who can do all that. And then you just your sandwich makers. You're just your normal sandwich makers. And I think there needs to be some distinction because, quite frankly, it's making a mockery of the whole sandwich artist idea. The whole, you know, the whole sandwich art, artist artifice is going to crumble and people aren't going to take it seriously. And there is a risk that it's just going to become an embarrassing uniform that these people have to wear. And I'm sure there are people out there who are sandwich artists who are thinking, you know, I take pride in my, my artistic qualities when it comes to making sandwiches. You know, I think long and hard about sandwiches and um, 
and I, I know what I'm doing. Anyway, just a few thoughts there about fast food places. Am I being called here? A plate, Davis. A plate. Yes. Just the plate. Nothing on it. Thank you, Michael. What are you? What's going on the plate? There's meat on the chair. Me on All right, that's no need to speak about her. Sorry about that, Chloe. <laughs> I'll let you do some sandwich artistry, Mr. Hughes. What are you doing? Why are you giving me money? My goodness, you're getting a behind the scenes listen now. How much money we make doing this? 10 pounds. We've got 10 pounds and a few coins in the kitty. So we're doing well. Things are going well. If you're listening, Dad, don't worry about my career. All's going fine. David's Daily Digital Dollop, Dollop 339. I know you're probably all thinking now, oh my goodness, this is exciting. I've been waiting for this all day, wondering what toilet is going to be coming from on this dollop. I'm not recording from a toilet. I'm recording from my bedroom today. So I hope you don't feel too disappointed by that. But that's the thing with the dollops, you know, you think things get into a bit of a pattern. And uh, with some bloggers, there's a danger of it falling into a bit of a rut, you know, sort of toilets every single day. But not me. It's just no second guessing me. The dollops are always moving, always progressing, always evolving. I'm in my bedroom again today and who knows where I'll be tomorrow and the day after. Yesterday we were in a toilet in Selby, Yorkshire and a McDonald's in a service station. My goodness, we get about a bit, don't we, on these dollops. Anyway, today's dollop is called The Lyrical Workers and it's a little bit of a challenge for you now. You may remember if you are a dollop aficionado and you've been listening to the dollop since the beginning. In dollop 23, I talked about the fact that I got a spam comment on my website that said, rather than coming up with blogs yourself, why don't you use this free online tool which is called an article spinner? And basically you put some text in from another person's blog and it will then change the words around. It'll keep the meaning intact, but it'll change the words around. So it means that you could essentially upload content to your website, but it's not you've not actually had to put any time and effort into it because it's just changed the words around, swapped words, like used a thesaurus and swapped words for other words that mean the same, move the words about a bit to create a different sentence, and it's done. A few seconds. Obviously, I wasn't going to do that, but I did think that I could use it experimentally. I thought, I wonder what happens if I put lyrics, popular song lyrics into this tool and it changes the words around and the results of that was dollop 24. Anyway in our singing weekends that we do we do a few quizzes and the lyrical workers was one of those quizzes and I'm going to play you now that quiz so feel free to play along wherever you are and see how you do. I shall read out these warped lyrics and then when someone at the weekend gets it I will then sing what the lyric is. Now uh, they do shout the answers out but there's quite a lot of noise going on but I'm sure that if you can't hear what the person is shouting out, I assume you'll get it once I start singing the actual song. So this is the Lyrical Workers Challenge. Can you identify the song from these lyrics that have been put through this article spinner and warped? And the majority of this comes from last singing weekend that we did in Beverly, where my voice had more or less gone. So it's time to play the Lyrical Workers Challenge. From the time my infants abandoned me, I've found somewhere else to live. This is the end of Forlorn Road of the Catastrophe of Long One. Heartbreak. 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 Oh, Heartbreak Hotel. Oh. You have Well, ever since my infant abandoned me, I've found somewhere else to live. Is that the end of Forlorn Road at the Catastrophe Lodgings? 
I'm ever so desolate infant. I'm ever so forlorn. I'm ever so desolate. I could kick the bucket. <laughs> okay. Okay. When I wind up in an unfortunate situation, my mum Mary approaches me. Talking useful tickets. Ten one. Hey, hey, hey. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be by the Beatles, of course. When I wind up stuck in an unfortunate situation, my mom Mary approaches me, talking useless tidbits. Leave it alone. 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 Whisper useful tidbits. Leave it alone. I continued the confidence and I continued exercising my democratic right, not for the metal catched hand, but rather for the assistance. There's two! Two! Are in a union by Billy Brack? No! Oh. Oh. For theirs is a land, land with a divider around it. Also, mine is a confidence in my kindred chaps. Theirs is a place where there is trust and magnificence. Mine! Three Billy Brack between the walls. So I continue the confidence and I continue exercising my democratic right. Not for the metal tension, but rather for the assistance. For theirs is a land with a divider around it. Also, mine is a confidence in my kindred chaps. This is a place where there is trust and magnificence. Mine is the verdant field and the industrial facility floor. This is the air, all dull with planes once more. Mine is the peace we know betwixt the conflict. What's more, now the end is close, thus I confront the last dread. One! Run it my way! My way! What's more, now the end is close, thus I confront the last drapery. My companion, I'll say it clear, I'll express my case. For which I'm sure I've carried on with a life that is full. I voyage every last interstate. And the sky is the limit from there. But a great deal more than this. I succeeded in my style. Okay. Don your finery and go along with me, baby. We'll have a ton of fun when the timepiece hits one. We're going to shake... Dare and Rock around the clock. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to shake day and night this evening. We're going to shake, shake, shake till open air. We're going to shake, going to shake all day and all night this evening. <laughs> At the point when the timepiece hits two, three and four. In the event that the band backs off, we'll holler for extra. We're going to shake all day and all night this evening. We're going to shake, shake, shake till open air. We're going to shake, going to shake all day and night this evening. <laughs> Okay. What number of streets should a chap scroll down before you refer to How long ago though? How long does it? Three! Oh yeah! And a point! The good news! 
the good news is that my voice already sounds like Dylan, so this shouldn't be difficult. <laughs> what number of streets should a chap stroll down before you refer to him as a chap? What number of occasions should a white pigeon cruise before she dozes on the beach? Yes, and how often should the gunballs fly before they're everlastingly banned? The reply, old buddy, is blustering in the air. The response is blustering in the air. Why do flying creatures all of a sudden show up each time. Yes. Why do flying creatures all of a sudden show up each time you are close? Much the same as me, they desire to be near you. Why do stars tumble down from the air each time you stroll by? Much the same as me, they desire to be near you. On the day that you were conceived, which isn't quite true, on the day you were on the day, someone's uh, got a warped side of science there. On the day that you were conceived, the blessed messengers got together. Also, chose to make a blessing from heaven. So they peppered moonlight in your follicles of brilliant starlight according to blue. That is the reason every one of the ladies around in the local area. Okay, so a quick recap of the answers. We had Heartbreak Hotel, Elvis Presley. We then had The Beatles, Let It Be. We had Between the Walls, Billy Bragg. We had Rock Around the Clock. We had Frank Sinatra, My Way. Bob Dylan, Blowing in the Wind. And The Carpenters, Close to You. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Something a little bit different. Oh, bloody hell. I'm just tying my shoelaces because I'm going out and I've pulled the uh, shoelace into a knot. What great drama, my friends. You'll be talking to your friend, you said, have you listened to the most recent dollop yet? No, to be honest, I've, I've stopped listening. I think they're kind of losing their edge a little bit now. He hasn't talked about Wi-Fi kettles for a long time. Oh, there was a great one the other day. It was tiny shoelaces, and uh, he pulled a knot in it. Oh, brilliant. And then the, he just sort of rambled for a bit while he tried to get the knot out. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen if that's the case, yeah. I won't spoil the ending for you, obviously. It's reminded me of a little story, actually. And as it's David's Daily Digital Dollop, I will impart that story to you now. I've got the knot out. I don't know if you remember the story about when I impersonated my school PE teacher, who also was responsible for the school swimming team, and I impersonated him and rang one of the other kids up in the school pretending to be Mr. Smith, the swimming teacher, telling him that he was out of the team because he'd been usurped by someone in the year below him by the name of David Eagle. And I ended up making this lad cry, basically. Well, that story was told in... Oh, I can't remember the number. There'll be some dollop nerds now going, oh, what do you mean you can't remember the number, David? How can you not remember the number? It was clearly... But I've just suddenly thought there with tying my shoelaces. It reminds me of another story about the same... I'm going absolutely mad. I've just put the key in the door. I opened the door a little bit, and then I've just been, while I've been talking there, I've been rummaging in my pockets for the key so that I can get out and lock the door. And I thought, bloody hell, I must have left the key upstairs. 
So I went and shut the door and, uh, of course, found that the key was inside the door, which is absolutely ridiculous because if I knew the door was open, the only way I could have opened the door was if I'd unlocked the door. So I don't know what is going on in my head. I've done this before where I've, I've been looking for my mobile phone and I've been having a phone conversation while looking for my mobile phone. I've been on my mobile phone and I've been, like, idly not being able to concentrate on what the other person on the phone's saying because I'm going, why the bloody hell's my mobile phone? And then realised I've got it in my hand and I've got it to my ear. Oh! Now, hang on a minute. I know what you might be thinking here. Something sounds a bit different. Where was the uh, usual doo-doo when you opened the door? Gone. We got a new door. Yeah, I mean, I talked about the windows and door people, of course, on a previous job. We have a new door. Gone is the old sound of the door, so there's a lot of people now very nostalgic going, oh, no. I'm, I'm more of a pre-new door dollop person, really. I think I preferred the old door. There'll be a few complaints going in. It'll be inevitable. The dollop nerds don't like change a lot of the time. They'll be saying, you know, you could have waited until the, the last dollop, you know, before you replaced the door. So I know there'll be a few complaints. But this is the sound of our new door. There. No, it's not the same, David. It's not the same. Identify the song. Can you identify the song from the car that's just passed? Fun little feature. Or, if you prefer, identify the bird chirp. So many different games that you can play. Like, you know, you can listen to these dollops and appreciate them on so many different levels. Anyway, the thing that I'd started talking about was that this lad that I did a phone prank on when I was a kid, pretending to be the swimming teacher and telling him that essentially he'd been dropped from the team because David Eagle had usurped him. When I was tying my laces, it reminded me of another story concerning this same lad where I... I mean, I could have possibly killed him. I imagine it was after the Mr. Smith impersonation scenario, and this lad had already forgiven me, and we were having a bit of a chat. And then he said, oh, hang on a second, I just need to tie my shoelaces. He bent down to do his shoelaces, and he was down there for a few seconds, at which point some kids started gathering around, going, oh, my God, he's having an asthma attack, he's having an asthma attack, quick. Someone went to run to the teachers, and I sort of stopped the kids and said, no, 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 he's tying his shoelaces, leave him alone, he's tying his shoelaces. And he's going, no, no, he's having an asthma attack. And I go, he's, he's tying his shoelaces, he's absolutely fine. So I'm trying to stop the kids from getting the teacher. Anyway, a teacher comes up and he says, uh, he's having an asthma attack. Right, everyone, get clear. Get clear, we'll, we'll, we'll sort this out. And I step in front of the teacher and go, no, no, it's all right, sir. He's just tying his shoelaces. And he goes, no, David, he's having an asthma attack. No, he's, you know, seriously, sir, it's absolutely fine. He's just tying his shoelaces. And <laughs> anyway, the teacher just completely ignores me and brings the person in. And I'm going, what a fuss about nothing. Sort of muttering under my breath. Anyway, as you probably guessed, he was having an asthma attack. It's just for some reason, it never crossed my mind that they might be able to see something that was going on visually. His face was going blue or whatever. He was running out of air. He was clearly struggling to breathe. I just thought, well, he's bending down. He said he was going to tie his shoelaces. I think the teachers probably thought I was trying to kill this kid. <laughs> it was kind of a big story in the school that I had impersonated the PE teacher and told him that he'd been dropped from the swimming team in favour of me. So that was the first thing. And then the next thing, he's having an asthma attack and I'm going, just leave him alone. Leave him alone. He'll be absolutely fine. He's just tying his shoelaces. And we begin this dollop with a comment from Michael Wackington. Thank you. That's uh, Michael Wackington's new theme music there. <laughs> Don't know what that was. My phone's just bleeping at me about something or other. Any time that I say your name, Michael Wackington, you get that little sound there. We're nearing the end of the dollops. You know, it'd been quite nice if we could have had that near the start. But that's the thing with the dollops, as I, as I say, I'm not sort of taking my foot off the pedal and thinking, winding down just because it's Christmas. I'm always coming up with new ideas, always pushing things forward. So, the question is, what is Michael Wackington? 
saying, he says, double link while eating a Sainsbury's egg and crest sandwich. What? Not co-op? No, but I was on the way to a credit union meeting, part of the financial co-op. I bit my lip. Is this the first report to the new foundation? Well, Michael Wackington, I'm being a bit wary about you, to be honest. If you remember the dollop from the train, I was starting to get a bit suspicious to your motives, and that hasn't abated. You haven't addressed my concerns with the whole let's get biting comment that you made before. I think you're just after this for the prestige and maybe even the money involved in being the CEO of the Lip Biting Foundation. And I'm not convinced that even if you did genuinely bite your lip, to be honest, Michael Wackington, you're, you could be pretending that you bit your lip in order just to kind of get this back on the radar again. I think you're trying too hard, Michael. And you're also using dirty tactics as well, mentioning Sainsbury's, you know, which is a subject that we've had on the dollop quite a lot there. You maybe think it's going to curry favour with me. Oh, I've been to Sainsbury's, which is my local supermarket. I've talked about Sainsbury's before on the dollop many times. I don't want to accuse you here, but I think you may... Exactly, sheep, and I think you, you, you agree with me there. In fact, we could maybe use the sheep as some kind of jewelry thing here. There's a horse here. Dangerous, it? a oh. oh, is it a person? It's a human being, yeah. A human being. Disguised as a you. I thought you were stamping like a horse there. Nah, I'm just in mud. Ah, how are you doing? Well, hey, not so bad. It's a rough old day, isn't it, really? It is, isn't it? I know they can't see it, but it's very dull. It it's is, like, isn't it? It seems as though it's about four to five o'clock and it's going dark. Yep. I know. Misty. How are you doing anyway? Well, keep going, don't you like? What you're up to? I'm just feeding all sheep. That's what I'm doing. Ah, I'm feeding the sheep, I right? Feed them okay. shed. Yeah. Okay, so today's dollop is a walking audio dollop, and at this point I meet a farmer, and you're about to hear a little bit of the conversation that I had with this farmer. This is just a, a tiny bit of the conversation, a few minutes of it. I probably spoke to him for over half an hour. This is the bit of the conversation now where he, he starts telling me various jokes, rural jokes, and then we get onto the subject of X Factor, and then he gives me his views on uh, homosexuality. So uh, I will warn you. Uh, this conversation does contain uh, some swearing and some forthright opinions from a farmer. So, uh, with that in mind, I will now play the rest of this dollop. There used to be an old saying in us in country. There used to be what? Old saying in country. Yeah. An old saying in country. If you want a cunt in countryside, bring one with you. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> well. You get that? I do, well, I do, and I'm sure. Uh, you have to come to countryside, bring one with you, because you'll <laughs> <to> find one. <laughs> and there's a farmer. Yeah. The farmer up here, he's got a great big horn, massive horn when he blows, and they can hear it from here to Doncaster when he blows it, but it's, it's for calling virgins up. <laughs> it never seems to come. <laughs> <laughs> that chap, he'd fetch a zebra in from Africa, or took to his farm. Anyway, he thought one day I took one with other animals, like. Anyway, when he laid loose in field, it trotted across and there was a pig. He looked at the pig, he says, because he hadn't seen the pig before this zebra. Mm. He says, what, what's that job? He says, oh, my job is to dig ground where it says for farm. He says, and I supply bacon for farm. I says, oh, I'm not sorry. Then he went across and there was a cow eating some grass. He says, not black and white cow. He says, oh, he says what, what's your job round here? She says, well, she says, I eat all fresh grass, she says. And that farmer comes and milks me and I produce all milk for farm likes it for people who want to have a drink of milk. Anyway, trotted on a bit further down the field and got a big bull. So he pulled up with bull, he says, uh, what's what's your job on farm? He says to it, so get them fancy pajamas after I'll show you. <laughs> 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 
a zebra. Get him fancy pajamas for sure. <laughs> yeah, now this is good from the farmer's joke book. Ah, it's, ah, it's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I'll get you another one anyway. I'll tell you another one. And then I've done with you then. <laughs> about, a, about a chap who got a pawn shop. And you see a chap went now to see him. And he got a couple of billy goats. <clears throat> and he went to the pawn shop. He says, uh, they can't... Uh, when there's 20 quid on these two goats, he says, just for an hour or two, he said, I'll pick them back up, he said, at tea time, he says, but I just, I've got a deal, he says, going off down the road, he says, I just want 20 quid. So, told Brom, Brom broke, I thought it through, I thought, well, I'll do it, you know, so a bit of cash in it for him, like that. So he gives him 20 quid. Anyway, it bloke, never went back to pick goats up. So, following day, Brom broke, was fucking spitting feathers, because he got these two goats in shop, and when he opened the shop up, they ate everything. You know, he had all his clothes and all his bits of feathers and all what left laid about it, they chewed them, you know, it's goats. Anyway, he got shut at goats eventually, pawnbroker, and some years afterwards this chap walked back in the shop and he took some saws in, some wood saws, and uh, he says, can I use a tender on these? He says, what's I know to eat? He says, it's a nice I don't know if it... He says, uh, I says, uh, I think I know you, sir. He says, that, that bloke what once come in, he said about ten years ago and dropped two goats on me. Well, ah. Uh, so the pawnbroker says, fuck off with this sword, I don't want no tongs with teeth. What? Fuck off with his sword, I don't want anything else with teeth. Oh, right, okay, I see, <laughs> right. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I got it. I do, I do. It's got to be fucking quick for these jokes. They'll be able to tell all them at Christmas when they're at Christmas table. All right, exactly. Uh, here's a bit of advice for you, Dad. If you want to bring a cunt to the countryside... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I thought that'd have been on X Factor. Didn't bother. No, none of that nonsense. We're doing, uh, we've done Christmas gigs. Ah, oh, that's good. Um, Did you watch it then, that X Factor? No, I've done any of that. She were good that last, and I was come second. All oh, right, so I've no idea. No, uh, so no, no. What did she... she was like, so, I think she's Norwegian or something like that. She weren't an English person, but she was oh, right. a very beautiful singer. She'd been taught, you know, yeah. properly. What did she sing then? Oh, <coughs> something from about swinging from chandeliers or something that I might know, tune, I don't know. No, they're not swinging from chandeliers. Swinging from the chandelier, it might be a Norwegian tune, she's very right, good. She could sing opera if you understand me, and she could, you know, she got pop in her. She yeah. Got, she got a voice of opera singer, really. Oh, right. But the only, any, really, modern day people, and I can't understand it, all men are gay. Him who's one gay, yeah. she, were, she were a lesbian. Yeah. A, a, a fiancé with a lesbian with a woman. Yeah, I get it. What's up with the gender? Is it something to air or something when you're young and what? <laughs> well, maybe we just people accept it more now so that people can... Well, accept it. Well, we're accepting things like that fair. Well, people can accept it, so therefore people can be who they are rather well, than ever to. Walking really well. That should be fucking well. Not like, should you? I mean, I like to Freddie Mercury, but it didn't make him <laughs> immune to being killed, did it? With AIDS and that when he went. No, no. But then again, people. I mean, cancer is a massive killer, I suppose, isn't it? What from from sexual disease, cancer? Is that... Well, no, not from sexual disease, but just from just in general, really. <laughs> ah, you know. Then, so, yeah, well, I'm a lot of these people uh, swing opposite way then. Mm. The, uh, the chandeliers. Ah, uh, she's swinging from chandeliers. In the opposite way, yeah. They're obviously uh, susceptible to diseases, aren't they? No, well, I suppose, I don't know how much disease there would be within like the lesbian community, yeah, though, obviously, because they're not really doing... They'd be all up to us, mate, and you've only got a cough on you. And they're in trouble, aren't they? <laughs>
<laughs> well, well, there we go. We've had it. We've run the whole gamut today. X Factor, goats, and uh, social commentary. The thing uh, is, with that, like, they've enjoyed this, haven't they? So you're the one I met before, weren't yeah, you? That's right, sir. So yeah, has, has is it? Was it your wife I was speaking to, or was I it? I didn't mind that. Uh, I've got two wives. Have you? Uh, uh, oh, right. I don't miss about me. I'm six foot four, the see. Nah, okay. I'm as, I'm as wide as I'm tall. Once you get to your dick, it's just to push her out of bed. <laughs> Excellent. About us, fam, and there's you going on about disease, hasn't you? got two wives. And the mother went, oh, <laughs> the cleaners, I used that own what I used earlier on. <laughs> don't spread it, don't spread it about, don't Hey, well. Do, 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 have you got any girlfriends? Anybody? I have, I've got a girlfriend, oh, yeah. yeah. Girl you the day? I've seen oh, you've seen me, did you? Ah, I've seen you canoodling down to it. Ah, there's no canoodling in my room. <laughs> Never canoodle in front of the sheep. But it isn't going off, don't have you? <laughs> Dad, when I watch any coming up, I, I thought, well, look, I stood right quiet. Oh, right, well, I was wondering if you'd be around. Uh, I, I, I like to go past sometimes and don't interfere with it. I just I keep right quiet and they don't know I'm there. Ah, right. Oh, right. I on there. They went up the week and I was on the wall here. I thought, oh, he's going past. I thought, I'm not stopping them. Oh, so I'm being watched. Always uh, being watched. Listen, I can't get on this road without being watched. I can tell you, farm <laughs> people, you're the spot there. Well, well, good to meet you. I'll see you before Christmas, no doubt. All right. See ya. Bye. Well, there we go. I wouldn't class him as a dollop regular. We have spoken to him once before on the dollop. And we ran the whole gamut there, didn't we, in terms of subject matter. We had jokes. <laughs> so I've understood them. Then we got to the subject of X Factor. Then we had his uh, forthright opinions on homosexuality. So we have run the whole gamut. Anyway, it's been a very odd dollop today. I'm going to have to be careful walking this route, though, because if it gets out that I've been broadcasting his words, I could be in serious trouble. You know, he could set the sheep on me. He's got farming implements on him. You know, I might walk down here. You know, I might be set upon by an angry farmer with farming implements and his cattle start charging at me. And that could be how the dollop ends. I might never get to do the 366 dollop. So there we go. Uh, dollop 341. Who knows, we may meet the farmer again on our travels. We may meet other characters on our travels as we draw to an end. Who knows, I'm doing this little bit now from the Ark in Stockton where we are doing our final Christmas gig, sitting cross-legged on the stage. I shall be back tomorrow for dollop 342. Who knows where we might be coming from. I might go and do a dollop from the uh, toilet in the Ark. A special treat for you all. I know that's the kind of thing you like. I can't promise anything. So I've been looking through some archived recordings because I wanted to play you some more songs on the dollops. Previously, I have played you some of my childhood compositions. Of course, Daniel wet himself today, I think being one of the sort of standout tracks of my childhood canon. And I was looking for some other things and I found a few Christmas bits and pieces. I haven't found the thing that I was looking for yet, but I will find that somewhere or other. But as I've come across this, I thought I would play this. And this is a, a play that I made at university. And it's a play called The Return of the Real Father Christmas. And it's just a short thing. I mean, it's not bad. The production's not brilliant. The writing's okay. There's a few interesting ideas in there. But when I listened to it, it still made me laugh. The concept of it still made me laugh. So this uh, features some friends from university. The person playing Father Christmas, he sort of gets into it, I think, as it goes on. But uh, there's a line in it, Father Christmas is back. He was meant to really deliver with gusto and enthusiasm, but he, d he doesn't really. But I think as the player progresses, he sort of gets more and more into it. But you can definitely hear that he's reading it more than acting it. <laughs> there's quite a few cringeworthy jokes in there, but uh, I, I still like the concept. I think it's quite funny. So here it is, The Return of the real Father Christmas.
for hundreds of years, Father Christmas had done what he had always done. You know, the whole reindeer, sleigh, presents and chimney lark. And for the most part, he'd enjoyed immensely his role in society. Of course, like anyone, he'd had his ups and downs, as I suppose he would really, given his tendency for chimney travel. But yes, he was happy. He had a wife and children who had loved him dearly, and he had loved dearly too. Or should I say, rain dearly. <laughs> anyway, the problem was that he loved them so much that when his wife ran off taking the children with her to live a life of debauchery with an elf, he was unable to go on. He grieved so much that for the next 100 years, he refused to do what Father Christmas does. But then he woke up one morning and he said to himself, Ho, ho, ho! Which um, doesn't really mean anything, but it, he seems to say quite a lot. Uh, well, we all have our odd little quirks, don't we? No, this won't do. I'm going to have to stop grieving over my wife and children and get back to work. The people need me, for goodness sake. I'm Father Christmas, and without me, Christmas just isn't Christmas. I imagine the world is a much darker and worse off place without me. Father Christmas is back. This was followed by yet another ho-ho-ho, but it's not really important, is it? Donna, Blitzen, Rudolph, and the others, come bring my sleigh. It's Christmas time. The elves, prepare yourselves for England. Ah, here's my sleigh. Right then, Elf Tommy, are the reindeers and your good selves ready to go? Yes, sir! Well then, Elves, reindeers, no more am I struck by grief. Finally, I've rid myself of the pain, and once again it's time to set off on this epic voyage. This is an epic day, a day to remember forever, so it gives me great pleasure to say to you, Elves and reindeers alike, set the coordinates for England, and five, four, three, two, one, ignition! Oh, oh dear, come back, come back! Well, what with all the excitement, I forgot to get on the sleigh. Right, that's better. Well, off we go then. Where are we? We're in a shop, sir. Oh, yes, a shop. I remember those things. Oh, look, look, Father Christmas, look! Oh, yes, this is brilliant. I'm home. It's a grotto. They've remembered me. I expect they never thought I'd leave them for good. Come on, elves and reindeers. Bring the sleigh. It's time to show the world that Father Christmas is back. To the grotto I go. Ho, ho, ho! Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> ho, ho, ho! So, what would you like for Christmas, little girl? A teddy bear! Well, have you been a good little girl? Yes, Santa. Well, have a feel in my sack. That's right. Have a nice little feel. Yes, in my sack. There you go. It's a teddy bear! Oh, yes. Merry Christmas, little girl. Ho, ho, ho! What's going on here? <gasps> you <gasps> imposter! <gasps> You've been trying to take my place, have you? <gasps> Who the hell are you? I'm the real Father Christmas. <gasps> That's right. <gasps> and you're a feeble imposter. Elves, <gasps> unclothe the man. Help! 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 
Unmask him! Shame for the broad he really is! The real Father Christmas is back! That's right! You see, little girl, you've been foiled! This man is an imposter! Oh, oh, oh dear! Oh. You see this man before you now? We've shown him for the naked human wreck that he is! I'm the real Father Christmas! And I'm back to whoop your ass! (laughs) Don't cry now, little girl. It's all right now. I'm the real Father Christmas. Come and sit on my knee. (laughs) You see what you've done, imposter? You've turned them against me. No, no! Elves, arrest that man! You're under arrest for impersonating Father Christmas. Elves, take him away. Where be you taking me? To Lapland. No. Justice will be mine. This is the return of the real Father Christmas. And you, my son, will be taken to Lapland. And flogged. And fed to the reindeer. Elves. Reindeers, take the sleigh to Lapland. My goodness, there you go. Dramatic stuff. I mean, that is 12 years old now, but um, I think it still stands the test of time. Uh, It's still a classic. I've actually just looked at the title and it's actually called An Excerpt from the return of the real Father Christmas, which suggests that in my head I had anticipated there being more, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure what might have happened there. I mean, I like the idea of the real Father Christmas getting sidetracked from his line of work, his usual line of work of getting presents for boys and girls, and he sort of just goes on a vigilante hunt for fake Father Christmases when he finds out that there's more Father Christmases in grottos in shops around the world. He gets more and more angry, maybe, and uh, physically assaults them and drags them back to Lapland and sort of court-martials them. And I like the idea of turns into more of like a horror kind of idea where Father Christmas just gets more and more angry and vengeful. These people are daring to impersonate him. And then maybe the uh, there is a group of Father Christmases who find out what's going on. They find out that the real Father Christmas is on their trail. And they think, right, we've all got a club together. You know, we need to protect ourselves, strength in numbers. And so then there's, they form an army, fake Father Christmases against the real Father Christmas. So then they sort of meet him at this grotto. They sort of maybe set a trap. So maybe they send him a letter or something to Lapland and they say, there's loads of people in this particular town centre shopping mall who are impersonating you. You need to get yourself there. And when Father Christmas comes there with his elves and his reindeers, they're, they're attacked. They're set upon by the fake Father Christmases and a, a bloody battle commences in front of confused children <laughs> as they vie for supremacy. I, I like that idea. I mean, I feel as if I'm sort of giving away the plot now you know really I should keep this to myself and unfortunately it might be difficult to uh, get in touch with the original cat the the original actors and obviously I'd want the original cast it's almost like the parts were made for them wasn't it so I mean I'd have to get in touch with the original cast and see if I could get them back no doubt they'd want quite a lot of money but uh, exciting stuff in the pipeline
I mean, so I've been ploughing through loads of old recordings, trying to find these songs, these old songs of mine, from my childhood canon, as I say. I'll find them at some point, I'm sure, but while I've been searching for them, I've come across lots of other interesting recordings. I've talked before on the dollops about the fact that when I was young, I was fascinated by the radio, and I used to love late at night with the radio flicking through the various channels and just being taken on these odd adventures. I mean, nowadays, obviously, you can do the whole thing with YouTube where it takes you on a bit of a journey and you one minute you're watching something and you're watching something completely different because you followed this odd chain but there was something magical about the radio dial there was something magical about flicking the dial or just turning it ever so slightly and then tuning into this completely different world you know you're not clicking on it you're not waiting for something to buffer you're not waiting for you know an advert to load and then you get the content you don't get a description of what the content is in advance. Whereas with YouTube, you do. You know what you're going to watch before you watch it. It gives you a description. It gives you a title. Not with the radio. The radio, you just flick the dial, just turn the dial. You'd enter into a completely different world. And I found that fascinating, especially late at night with John Peel on Radio 1 and some of the stuff that was on Radio 3 as well, comedy on Radio 4 or political stuff or whatever it was. Not understanding any of this world, not understanding it at all. I was This is before I was a teenager. Yeah, I'm absorbing all this information. The uh, talk shows... The late night talk shows, whether it was the BBC, it was a bit more refined, a bit more acceptable. Or the no holes barred local talk shows, where you just got the most random people ringing up. The presenters were opinionated. You know, they cut people off, they shouted at them there, and there was just a crazy assortment of characters. I might do a few of these, actually, before we end the dollop series, because there was just some fascinating stuff, and I used to record quite a lot of what I heard as well. So I still have the recordings of these radio shows from over 20 years ago. So this is to give you an example. On this particular day, on BBC local radio, there was a sex therapy. Sure. <laughs> Here's a little clip from that. So, you know, I'm probably about 10 year old. No idea what's been talked about here. So here, you can hear I've been listening to uh, something on John Peel. And these are from Norwich. Well, from Japan, actually, but via Norwich. <laughs> And then I flick over from John Peel and uh, I start listening to this. So this is doing something that feels nice to you. Are you getting all tingly? The problem is when I don't get those feelings. Right, well, I think if you can start doing a bit more of the affectionate, tender stuff together before you start getting really sexy, I think you may find that you can get more in touch with the nice tingly feelings. I've never had that tingly feeling. Well, I remember having it once a long time ago, but I don't... I don't seem to be able to get that tingly feeling, that's what's missing. I think if I could get that tingly feeling, everything else would fall into place. Right. Can you give yourself a tingly feeling, you know, if you're in the bath and you're washing yeah. yourself? Can, yeah. Have you ever tried to make yourself tingle? Yes. Yeah. All right. I just can't seem to do it. Okay, you see, what makes us feel tingly like that is a mixture of, just of the physical stuff that's happening to different parts of our body that might be having our breasts or our nipples strokes or over our tummy or down our legs or in between our legs, you know, that sort of thing. So that's the physical part of it. But the other part of it is the kind of the mental part of it. I think and it's the mental block that's, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and it may be that what you need to do is to feed your imagination a bit by trying to find the sort of thoughts that give you a kind of tingle. 
Now, whether you can find those by trying different kinds of books to read or magazines to read. I have just actually read Rachel Swift's book um, yeah. about the uh, the orgasm. Right. And um, I didn't find anything relevant at all in there. Okay, now that's very explicit sexual stuff. You know, it's sort of the how-to-do-it kind of thing. And then I flick the dial over to another radio station and we get the loud-mouthed, forthright, northeast comedian slash radio presenter Mike Elliott also known as Mike the Mouth Elliot. And this was a talk show. And you'd get characters on these talk shows. You'd get regulars. And sometimes you'd get people who would really take a disliking to each other. Callers who would take a disliking to each other. And so we'd get them both on at the same time. And they'd have an argument. And two stalwarts of this were Tommy and Marlene. I have no idea whether they know each other in real life and it's just a bit of a joke and they're kind of just pretending not to like each other and it's just a bit of a joke or if they've just kind of stumbled across each other and they just enjoy abusing each other over the phone or whether there's actual malice and hostility in it. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about though. A proper northeast attitude, slight sort of chauvinistic things being said by the presenter and then you've just got two seeming strangers just shouting at each other essentially. Here we are, it's Christmas time, you've both come on, you're full of venom and yet at the same time you're on Christmas day surely you'll, you'll give a thought to each other and wondering what they're doing in Christmas Dear. No, you'll be sitting there, won't you, Marlene, with no one, and I'll be with my wife having mumpy bumpy. Great as I was a first time for coming, Craig, isn't it? No, I've got my family round me at Christmas. Oh, what, your cat that's dead? Hey, Black hey! Fifteen year old, that cat. Ah, the cat served me well. Died. It did serve you well. And yeah. all you could do was stab it in the neck. I didn't mean to. No, she didn't mean you, Tommy. It was, a, it was an involuntary reaction, I, I think. I've seen a freaking place of whiskers anyway. It's a good job. Ah, oh, mate. Now, you see, there you are. You see, you're both, you've both got something. Tommy's got something he loves, and Marlene's lost something she loves. And surely there is a common ground. Well, the Lord, the Lord comes down on us, doesn't he? Well, He's giving me something nice. He's giving me something nice. He's taking something nice away from me. Well, yes, Marlene's pussy is no more. But the point is, you know, I'm surely you should feel compassion to me. And there's a harshness about you. There's a harshness. After all the abuse that I've been giving of her. But you're a man, my dear. I have been subjected to abuse. She's only a common woman. I only reacted to her. I only reacted to her. Yes, but you've got to be above these things that women come up with. You know, women are a bit dozalies all the hormones. So you've got. Listen, I'm trying to defend you. I'm trying to defend you, pet. Oh, carry on. Goodness sake, and therefore you've got to give and take. It's only as a man, if you're going to be a gentleman, you've ma you've got a woman, you have married one of these sex. Therefore Ooh, you should... that's debatable now. Oh, mm. no, that is... Now, is, is she saying what I think she's saying? Oh, oh. Uh, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I think she's talking about your wife uh, with a stubble, uh, Tom. I don't think she's mentioning. Oh, well, I haven't got men. Right. Oh, my God. Uh, this is disgusting. More abusive comments. Come on, throw them at me. Get it out of your system. No people digging that petal driven you will. Look, look. I'm talking. I can smell it from here. It's disgusting. One minute. I've had enough. 
What? Yous two are like two bloody children coming on my show. I love yous. No, I don't. What am I saying? I don't love them. I'm a pair of arseholes, brothers. Huh? You both are a pair of arseholes. You, you both are. Stupid. Don't You dirty mouth. You, Marlene, are foul mouth out, Harrington. You, Tommy, are little, little fat. And it's about time the both of these grow up. Now, you've got a wife. Now, start acting like a man. And a man would apologise to this woman and you. I think so. You, as a silly old cow of a woman, would accept the apology and let I'll have you both in here before you can say Jack Robinson and I'll slap you both. I'm having palpitations. Don't you have palpitations? I'll tell you when you can have palpitations, young man, and I'll tell you, uh, Marlene, when you can use bad language, when you can't use bad language. Now, make up and have a good bloody Christmas. Now, go on. Say happy Christmas to each other. No, well, piss off. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I mean, that is probably the culmination of months of these two arguing with each other. <laughs> and, then, you know, I was ten-year-old or something. I, I, I can't give the backstory of all of this. But it's just, I'm fascinated now to know, did those two people know each other? Were they friends, really? Or if they weren't, were they in on it and they thought, yeah, we're just pretending for the talk show, you know? Or did they actually hate each other? I'm sort of fascinated. And then you'd flick the dial again and you'd get another talk show. Tom's talking, and they would have all sorts of random things. You're talking about two pretty entertaining talk shows, I would say, in their day. I mean, I'm not sure if it was on now if I'd bother to listen. There's probably stuff like this happening now, and I'm not really that bothered about it. I'd rather read a book or whatever, but... But when you're 10-year-old, it was difficult to know what to do, because you knew that if you were listening to Mike the Mouth Elliot, two people sparring with each other, you knew you were going to be missing something really good on the other station, on Tom's Talking, because they always had mad callers on as well. So it was difficult to know what to do, so you'd keep channel hopping between conversations, going, oh, God, no, that one sounds really good, no, that one sounds really good, <laughs> not knowing what to do. My ten-year-old mind just massively confused, overwhelmed by this weirdness that I was hearing as I was channel hopping, trying to work out what to listen to. Then all of a sudden I'm tuned into the BBC local radio and they're talking about sex. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what are they talking about here? You know, she's giving sex advice to this woman, telling her what to do when she's in the bath to get herself stimulated. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll end with a clip from Tom's talking. And this is uh, quite an odd call. And it's another example of a one where I don't know whether it's set up, whether the caller is deliberately acting in the way that he's acting, or whether it's just a genuine call. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. Hello, Tom. Did Richard, in his sunstroke, forget to tell you to turn your radio on? Radio? Oh, Paul, uh, watch my face. Did, hello? did Richard oh. forget to tell you to turn your radio off? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, Tom. Uh, hang on, hang on. Just... No, he didn't. No, coffee! I hope that's yeah. someone's nickname. Hello? Hi. 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 Uh, yeah, uh, is that Tom? Yes. Yes? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about, uh, um, bad driving. Bad driving? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just, uh, Turn it down! <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, Tom. Right. Yeah. Let's um, talk it, about bad no, driving. No, well, it's 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 bad it's bad driving, and I've had my car stolen as well. Right. It's um yeah, I was in Stockton today, and I was just mind me on business on the high street, and this this no, leave it. <laughs> you'll, you'll cut me off. Coffee's ready, Paul. Paul, your coffee's ready. Oh, oh. 
It's okay, you go oh, on. No. No, I don't hold you responsible for the Burks you're around. Oh, um, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, Stockton, I was... Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Stockton. No, what are you... Get off! Leave this! Leave it alone! No! <laughs> Sorry, Barnes! No, no, you bloody... I want to be flipping air. Oh, sorry. Okay, Paul. Deep breaths now. Um, Deep breaths now. Calm yourself down. Um. Yeah, I was. I was in Stockton, and I was just mind me your business. Yeah. And uh, I was just walking along, and this stupid. Yes. He just wasn't paying any attention, and if I swear, if I hadn't been quick enough. That, I would, if I hadn't been, did you, if did I hadn't been paying attention, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be dead. And I think I just think all oh, people shouldn't be allowed to drive because I think they're dangerous on the roads. Was it a man? It, it wasn't actually. It was a woman. Did you shout at her? Well, I'd, 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 I just I'd, thought you might you might have a quick temper. <laughs> no, I just. No, well, I did shout. I probably, I probably, if I, I, if there's been a police and I'd have probably done. But no, she, it just, she mounted the curve right, Tom. And if, if I'd have been quick enough, I'd have been in bloody trouble because I'd have been dead, and uh, I'd have been trouble. And uh, that's pretty deep trouble. <sighs> being dead. Uh, yeah. So I just, I know, and I've had my car stolen as well, Tom. Yeah. And I'm just not happy about it. Now, I mean. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've had my car stolen. Deep breaths. <laughs> Calm I yourself just, down. <laughs> Will you get a bloody door now? <laughs> so, yeah, I've had my car stolen. Please, please, they've done nothing, Tom. I, they've done nothing, I just, they won't. No, well, I mean, what's happening? I mean, they'll, they'll go and bloody charge you for having a ticket, but they won't go bloody get the people who got your car, will they? It's... Oh, well, they'll be bloody looking for it. Well, it might be, but I bet they'll not bloody find it, will they? I, I, I just, it just gets me, Tom, when I pay all that money for taxes What's that things. noise in the background? It's, I'll tell you the bloody hell it is. It's the bloody... Okay, that's enough of the bloodies. Okay, it's... it's... <clears throat> Why did Nancy take Oh, Tom, I can't, I know, I can't handle this, mate. It's... It's lovely talking to you. Yeah. Go and go and fill your friends in. My wife, I'm gonna. Oh, it's your wife. <laughs> Tom, I've been married for six years, and and you I'll, have my I'll, every. I'll just go you the room. you I'll have just my every. Room, you have my every sympathy. I, stop! It's the worst. <laughs> right. Um. It's just Tom. Being married. It's oh god. I mean, everything's fine until you're married. And <laughs> it falls apart. Really. Well, well, no, Don't Tom, get we were happy. I mean, I was 27, I mean, I was doing well. And, oh, I'm gonna, no. Oh, you you go sort her out. Call, oh. call us back when she's fell asleep. Yeah, okay, mate. All right, then. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. It would be fascinating to know if that's real, if they're still married now. I mean, maybe we could be reunited with some of these characters. Maybe someone listening to the dollop can put me in the right direction. They know more about these characters. I don't know. <laughs>